that hurt excessively, extraordinarily, it may hurt. And that gives us some kind of response to that, right? We have a response to that kind of pain and that kind of hurt. We begin to think something about that. We begin to dwell on it. Sometimes it leads to anger. So often, I mean, that's kind of where it starts. When somebody hurts us, we get really angry. And then from anger, it can quickly lead to resentment. We can begin to resent that person, resent anything they're involved in. Just hearing their name can elicit resentment. And sometimes that resentment, if given the right, or we could call the wrong circumstances, that resentment could lead to to even some aggression. The truth is, the more we think about it, the more deep that bitterness that we begin to feel about that person and that circumstance, or maybe sometimes even anybody connected to that person, the more we think about it, the more that deep bitterness begins to grow. And we begin to think that, well, maybe I can make that person suffer. Maybe I can make them pay me back for what they have done. Maybe my hatred, that's what we begin to think sometimes, my hatred or my bitterness or my resentment toward them will begin over time to make them pay me back or to punish them for what they've done for me. And we don't want to be vulnerable again. We don't want them to hurt us again. And we have experienced that, so we don't want someone else to hurt us in a similar way again. So we begin to build some protective distance from that person and sometimes even from other people. We begin to try to protect ourselves by distancing ourselves from them. And we can even begin to build up walls to give us some kind of good separation that they cannot get through, another person even cannot get through. I believe that this morning God has some real good encouragement for us. We're going to be looking again at his wisdom and from the wisdom writer this week. And God gives us our first shot, our first dose of reality with this whole topic in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 12. Let's look at that. Here's the first part of that. He says, the wisdom writer says, hatred stirs up trouble. Hatred stirs up trouble. Now we think it sure does stir up trouble. We think to ourselves, it wakes up grumpy and it wakes up grumpier. (laughs) It stirs up trouble. Hatred stirs up trouble. It sure does. But that's not really exactly, I think, where God is going with this or what he's really warning us about here. Hatred stirs up trouble for you. Trouble for you. Your hatred Stirs up trouble for you. Hatred, anger, bitterness, resentment. Do you know what they do? They change you. You experience emotions that are so intense that they actually crowd out the other more productive emotions in your life. Remember not long ago, we said just a few weeks ago, 
We said that for every thought that you have in your mind, everything that you dwell on, you think about, every thought in your mind, there is a physiological response in your body. Now, in this case, intense emotions like anger and bitterness and hatred, resentment, they seem to cause kind of a fight or flight response in your biology, in your body, in your makeup. And I am no expert, but what I'm told, these, these chemicals that are released in your body in a fight or flight response, a physical response to something you're thinking, these chemicals uh, are released in your body in anticipation of being used Sometimes in a superhuman way, but they're in, it's an anticipation of being used to save your life, really. In case you need to be involved in a physical altercation to save your life. That's why they're there. Or perhaps it's saving your life. It's a response, a chemical response to give you the endurance and the strength and the stam, stamina that you need in that moment to run away and to run until you are safe. So these are extremely powerful and potent chemicals that are released in your body when you are ready to fight or you're ready for a flight. That is a biological, God-given, God-created, developed response in your body. But in this case, what we're talking about today, you're not fighting for your life. And you're not running away to a physically safe place. And what we're talking about today, you're just really, really mad and angry. And the longer you stay mad, the longer you stay angry, the longer those chemicals are in your body, in your system. And they were really designed and meant to only be there for a short time. To get you to safety. To get you through the fight. Through the flight. But the longer we are upset, the longer those chemicals remain in our body. Chemicals that were just meant for a short time. And this really, all of that, all of that to say this. Resentment and hatred and anger. Those type of feelings are incompatible with peace, joy, and relaxation. In other words, you cannot be at peace and agitated at the same time. It can't happen. Now, the wisdom writer continues to warn us. You know, while we are hoping for that person's ruin. While we are hoping maybe even for that person's social demise, and maybe somehow we're even working toward that, the wisdom writer warns us. Here's what he says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20. Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil. So now suddenly the tables are turned. But that was the person that hurt me. But the wisdom writer says, it doesn't matter. If you are plotting their ruin, if you are planning their demise, somehow, in any way, deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil. 
And we simply think that we're trying to get even. We simply think we're trying to make things square. But the reality the wisdom writer is telling us is that your heart is the one that is actually continuing to be hurt. And your body physically is paying the price. God gives us another dose of reality. These angry, hurt feelings actually become your building materials for an emotional prison. You see, we want that person in our emotional prison, don't we? We want that person captive. We want that person to pay. We want that person punished. And so we build walls. And as we go through the week and through the years, walls get built. And finally, we say finally, we have walled them in. We have them in our jail. We have them in our prison. And we have put them there. And we say, now you're going to get what you deserve. Now you're going to pay. And until you pay me back for what you have done to me, you will stay there in that emotional prison. But the reality is, as we have said before, the reality of this is that you are actually the one who is in prison. You have jailed yourself. You have built the walls not around them. You have built those walls around yourself. You have placed yourself in jail. And it gets worse. And you have handed them the keys. They have the keys. You hand them to them. And now you're in jail. An emotional jail. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 17. Listen to this. The cruel man is the cause of trouble to himself. You see that jail was designed for them wasn't it? That emotional prison that you built was designed for that person that hurt you. And I'm not saying they don't deserve to be in that. But in our hearts, in plotting their demise, in plotting what they owe us and how they must pay us back, we have become cruel. And we built a jail for them, an emotional jail. But the reality is we're the ones that end up in it. We think that we have imprisoned them. We think that we are punishing them But you are the one behind the bars. And you slam the door shut. And you hand them the keys. And we say something like this into our heart. We may not say this to them out loud, but we think it. When you admit to me that you are wrong. When you make up for what you have done for me. To me. When when you ask me to forgive you, when you say to me finally, and you mean it, that you are sorry, then, then I will forgive you. But until then, no, absolutely not. So you hand them the key. You say, you are locked in here. But you're handing them the key. 
You're saying, you have the keys. You have the keys to this. And the key is, you must admit you're sorry. You must pay for your mistake. You must pay for what you've done. You have the key. That's the key to ending this whole thing. You have to do that. You have the key. The reality is, you're left behind bars with them holding the key. You say to them, well, the ball's in your court. What are you going to do now? If you want to make this better, it's all in your hands. You can do it. It's up to you. If you want to make this better, it's up to you. That's what you tell them. That's what you think. If you will do what I need, if you will do what I expect, if you will do what I want, you can make this better. The key's in your hand. God gives us even more reality. This bitterness, this anger, this resentment, it is so powerful. And especially the combination of those things are so powerful that once they are in your life, once they're there, they show up in all of your relationships. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 9 gives us some wisdom here. Dwelling on it, the fault, the sin, the hurt, separates close friends. I mean, I think it's obvious that it separates the person, you and the person that have been hurt. But I think it goes beyond that. Dwelling on that hurt doesn't just separate you and the person that hurts you. It separates you and the other relationships, the other close people in your life. It even separates you there. Because once anger and resentment and bitterness show up in your life, it is showing up in all of your relationships. Because bitterness and anger and resentment, they actually change you. You become a different person. The old you gets lost in all of that. The old you is suddenly gone and replaced by a bitter, angry you. That is powerful. For those emotions to enter your life and to begin to change who you are. And they begin to change what you do and what you say and what you think about. The poison that those things and those feelings create inside of you, suddenly that poison is beginning to be released into your other relationships in your life. And that means the people who are closest to you Those people who do love you, who do have your best interest at heart, those people don't get the real healthy you. Those people who love you don't really get you. They get a bitter counterfeit of who you once were. God doesn't slow up. He gives us more wisdom, more reality. Bitterness and anger begins to distort our perceptions. Bitterness and anger will lie to you. You will 
perceive the world around you not as it really is, but as bitterness and anger tell you that it is. Bitterness and anger will lie to you. And if you believe what bitterness and anger is telling you, then you will begin to engage the world around you with that filter, and that filter is wrong. And in response, people responding back to you, even the people who love you, you give them little choice of how to respond to you because you are filled with such venom and such poison. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 18 kind of speaks to this as it says, There is one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword. Those rash, piercing words, even though you're angry and bitter at another person, at another circumstance, those rash and piercing words, they have no limits because they begin to pierce And wound the people around you. That are close to you. Here's a relationship truth for us all. In every relationship that we are in. We are either enriching that relationship. Or we are endangering that relationship. In every relationship that we are in, we are either making that relationship better and more healthy or we are poisoning that relationship. And there's really no in-between. We're either making it better or we're making it worse. And if we are dragging into those other relationships in our lives, if we're dragging in, and we are if we're experiencing them, dragging in the toxins, the poison of hatred and bitterness and resentment into those relationships, then we are most certainly poisoning those relationships as well. You see, what you have to offer someone in a relationship in a friendship, even a co-worker, even a boss, even a child, even a brother and a sister, a mother and a father, what you have to offer that person, what you have is being actively poisoned by the feelings of hatred, bitterness, anger, resentment that you have towards somebody else. Your love that you're, you're offering that person in your life is no longer just love. It's now tainted love. And that is what you're offering, your, your children. If you're married, your spouse, your family, those close to you, that is what you're offering because that's all you have to offer. That's what you're offering. You cannot give that person what you do not have. And so we give them what we do have. Toxins, poisons, and all. So that is the love we have. That is the love we have to give. But our job is to get rid of those toxins. 
to get those poisons out of our bodies, out of our minds, out of our lives, so that we don't take them with us into the other relationships in our life. For the sake of our relationships, for the sake of our family, for the sake of our children, for the sake of all of our relationships, we must get rid of those poisons. Your kids, everyone you love, yes, even yourselves. We must discover this truth. You don't have to be angry just because you have the right to be angry. You don't have to be angry even though everyone around you would say, yes, you have every right to be angry. You should be angry. Still, you don't have to be angry. Now, you have the option. You, you can demand to be right. You can say, no, 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 Harley. I, I, I don't have... Anything that I need to do in this scenario because I'm the one right here. I'm the one that was hurt. I'm the one that was offended. I am the one. So I don't have anything I need to do, Harley. I'm right in this. And you can continue to be right. And you can continue to be angry. And you will continue to give others what you have in your heart. You see, we defend our rightness. Because they didn't say they were sorry. We defend our rightness because they never admitted that they even did wrong. They don't really even care. We defend our rightness because we say they don't even want my forgiveness. Now think with me for a moment. If that is the standard for forgiveness, we as sinners are in real, real trouble. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but God showed His great love for us. By sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While, you can even say, while we were in the midst of sinning, Christ was in the midst of dying for us. And if the standard for forgiveness is this, that they have to make it all right before I forgive them, then we are in trouble with God. God's wisdom knows we ourselves need forgiveness. We ourselves must have forgiveness. We must have the forgiveness of God. We have to have forgiveness ourselves. But we also have to forgive the people around us who have hurt us. 
And that is also, in a sense, forgiveness for ourselves. Because you know what? From this sense, us forgiving someone else, there is a very real aspect of that on the human side of this. That that forgiveness for someone else is also forgiveness for us. It helps us to forgive them. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 12. Hatred stirs up trouble. But love forgives all wrongs. Just a few weeks ago we talked about this. A few weeks ago we said that we have the ability to make a choice. We have the ability to choose a behavior. And if we choose this behavior, then we are choosing the result that goes along with that behavior. If we choose this behavior, we're choosing the consequence, either good or bad, the result, either good or bad, that goes along with that choice. We're making a choice. We are choosing. That makes us very powerful in that moment. We choose a behavior... We are at the same time choosing the result of that behavior. And that statement still applies today. If we choose anger, we are making a very real choice to choose the result that goes along with anger. Which we've already said, the poison of tainted, toxic love. We're making that choice. We choose to remain angry. We are making the choice to have a poisonous love in the rest of our relationships. Or we can make a different choice. We can choose forgiveness. And in doing so, we are choosing freedom. Choose forgiveness... And we're choosing freedom. And let me be very clear about this. You are not freeing the other person. Because guess what? They're walking around right now, at this moment, free as a bird. They are free already. When you choose forgiveness, you are choosing to free yourself. And only you can choose how you are going to respond. How you are going to feel. How you are going to interpret all of these things. All of these circumstances. Only you can choose that. That makes you very powerful. Now some people. Especially teenagers. I love you teenagers but especially teenagers and then some adults even who get stuck emotionally. Most of us as as adults have been there, so we understand what I'm saying. Some people, especially teenagers and sometimes adults who get stuck emotionally, they blame everyone else for how they are feeling. You are making me feel this way. You make me feel so angry. You are making me feel so abused, so alone, so whatever, whatever, whatever. But your blame and my blame is not the same as God's wisdom and God's truth. 
You see, someone else in your life can provide you the event. They can provide you that moment of hurt, that event. It's an event for you to respond to, to react to. They can provide the event, but only you can choose your interpretation of that event. You choose what you do with what has happened. You choose. And if you choose to carry the resentment, then you are choosing to drink the poison. (laughs) You know what else you're doing? If you choose resentment and anger, if that's your choice, you know what you're actually doing? Well, not actually, but as almost as if you're handcuffing your, yourself to that person. If you choose anger and resentment, you are handcuffing yourself to that other person. And you are entering into a tight bond with that person. And that person becomes part of your every day. Because you're dragging them with you everywhere you go. There they are. You are dragging them with you. You've entered a tight bond. They become part of your every day. Part of your every thought. Part of your very being. Part of what you think about every single day and what you feel has to do with them. Because you have handcuffed yourself, bonded yourself to them. You are bound. But understand this. Even though they are running around free, you have bound yourself to them. With anger and resentment. But if you choose to forgive. (laughs) If you choose. Because guess what? You also took that key and you handed it to them. But if you will place it in your hands. And you take the key of forgiveness. And you choose to forgive. Instead of choosing to be angry. Choosing to be resentful. You choose to forgive, and you walk away free. Proverbs eleven seventeen says, The man who has mercy will be rewarded. And you know what I think? You are rewarded in this case with your freedom. You are no longer bound to that person. You say, I refuse to be bound to you. You don't tell them this. This happens to you in your mind, in in your own emotional state. I refuse to be bound to you. I refuse to drag you into every area of my life, into every other relationship that I have. I refuse to drag you into that. You might have to live in your dark world, but I don't have to live there with you. You have to live with yourself day in and day out. But I don't have to live there myself anymore. You see, it doesn't require their cooperation for you to forgive them. They don't have to admit 
that they were wrong. They don't have to admit that they hurt you. They don't have to do any of that in order for you to forgive them. And in some cases, they don't even have to know that you are forgiving them for you to forgive them. The result is the same. Forgiveness brings you peace. A peace that frees you. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 20. We already read part of this. Deceit is in the heart of those who plot evil. But those who promote peace. Forgiveness. Have joy. Forgive them. Forgive that person. Or they will become a part of your ever waking hour. And they will change you. So not only have they hurt you, but now they ultimately win because they change who you are with anger, your anger and your resentment. The only way out is God's way. Forgiveness. The only thing worse possibly than the hurt that that person has caused you is you keeping that hurt alive day after day after day by poisoning your other relationships and your future with anger, resentment, and bitterness. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 18. There's one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And my friends... Forgiveness is power. And it is the power to set you free. Everyone you love in this life deserves for you to be free. So that you can be a better you. Proverbs 17.9 Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. But dwelling on it separates close friends. Here's what I simply want to encourage you to do this week as we wrap this up. This week, will you make a list? And it might be a small list or it might be extensive, but will you make a list? Everyone, everyone that you resent today because they've hurt you. Everyone that you are still angry with because they wounded you, will you make that list? just for you it's between you and God will you make the list and one by one person by person on that list will you ask God to help you to cancel their debt against you just like Jesus canceled your debt And I'm going to ask you to write something down. And you may have to write it down many times. Day after day after day. Hundreds of times perhaps. But will you write this down until your heart believes it? Do not send this to that person. This is between you and between God. If there needs to be another step in the middle, God will give you that wisdom. But what I'm asking you to do is between you and God, not that other person. Will you write this down day after day after day until your heart begins to believe it? This step is for you. Write their name down. 
on a piece of paper and write them this. Just for you. Don't send it to them. Just for you. You no longer owe me anything. I have canceled your debt. You could not really repay me, even if you tried. I've torn up the record of your debt, and I've thrown it away. You no longer owe me, because I forgive you. Will you write that person's name down, and will you write that out, asking God to help you forgive that person Day after day after day, write it out as many days in a row as it takes for you and your heart to settle on that forgiveness. And listen, forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not, you you will not forget what they did. But when it comes up in your heart, forgiveness will soon replace anger, bitterness, resentment. It will soon replace it. Forgiveness is the only thing, only thing that God can use to push those other emotions and feelings out of your life. And it's by God's design. Will you write that down? Make that list and begin person by person by person forgiving them. It does not take their participation. It doesn't even take, in this case, their knowledge of what you're doing. This is between you at this moment and God. Will you use forgiveness to finally release yourself from that person? Release yourself from that circumstance. Release yourself from that hurt. With God's help, it's the only way you'll walk out free. So that you can begin to love the people in your life and respond to the people in your life that you are in relationship right now with a heart that is more like the love that God has. Will you do that with us this week? I believe it's time for us to stop allowing angerness and resentment to change us. It's time to stop allowing it to poison the love that we have to give to the people around us. It is time to set yourself free. It is time to choose forgiveness. Let's pray. Father, if my standard... For you forgiving me is the same standard I use for me forgiving the others in my life. Then I am in real trouble. But thankfully, Jesus, you showed me a better standard. But God showed your great love for me by sending Christ to die for me even while I was still a sinner. Thank you, Jesus. And now I need your help, Jesus, to forgive others. I need your help 
to forgive so that I can be free. I can be free from the prison that I have built from my anger and my resentment and my bitterness. So help me, Jesus. I ask you to help me, Jesus, because many of us are saying right now, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. Jesus, give me the wisdom to know what to do with what I have heard today and give me the courage to do it this week. Amen.